Welcome back to Startup Health Now. I'm Logan Plaster. Today, we're talking about gamification in healthcare. Gamification has been a popular buzzword in tech and in health, but it just means using elements we associate with games in non-game contexts. In healthcare, it means capitalizing on the motivations we find in games through things like progress updates and level up badges to change behaviors and get us to do things that are going to be good for our health in the long run. Eddie uh, talks to the user, tells them stories, plays games with them, um, and that way we make it more relatable and more enjoyable to manage your diabetes. Today on the show, we're talking to two founders who are gamifying the healthcare experience in two unique ways. The first conversation is with Raj Amin, co-founder and CEO at Arcade Therapeutics. He's got an interesting way of describing what they're building. Yeah, so we're really a science-first game studio. Okay. Uh, develop, developing games I that like really... I like that. That sounds yeah, good. thank you. Uh, developing games that act like medicine. You'll hear exactly what they're building and why clinical research is key to their approach. After Raj, we'll hear an interview with Farhana Amadi, co-founder and CEO at Eddy. Eddie is part of our T1D Moonshot, and she and her team are using mobile gaming elements to help young people better manage their diabetes. The idea came from her personal experience being diagnosed with type 1 diabetes while getting her PhD. Um, I felt lonely a lot of the times uh, when dealing with a lot of aspects of, uh, of my type 1 diabetes, um, and I always wished that there were um, a character that I could talk to, uh, something that would bring a little more delight into the day, um, and that is how the character Eddie and later on the company was formed. You'll hear more about Eddie, the friendly leaf avatar that makes T1D care a bit more fun. But first, let's jump into our conversation with Raj Amin, CEO and co-founder at Arcade Therapeutics. I recorded this interview at HLTH in Las Vegas. You are taking a new spin on on mental health, bringing people a new kind of care that's hyper accessible. So tell me what you're building. Yeah, so we're really a science-first game studio. Okay. Uh, develop, developing games I that like really... I like that. That sounds yeah, good. thank you. Uh, developing games that act like medicine, really. Okay. I mean, our goal is really to reduce the time for people to get engaged with mental health treatment by using a, a modality that they already use today okay. in everyday life, which is gaming. Mobile games. Um, but these are games that are going through rigorous testing uh, as a science-first game studio. You know, we really are looking at the evidence the way that you look at evidence for medicine. Um, so we are moving through FDA clearance wow. on uh, a number of products. And um, you know that's what we mean by science first. How um, novel is that concept? How differentiated is a science first gaming studio? Yeah, I mean, we think it's highly differentiated. Yeah. Uh, you know, usually don't get sort of game developers together with real scientists yeah, I didn't think so. to create games that have the same effect as medicine, you know? And so that sort of combination of DNA and skill sets of our, with my co-founder, Dr. Tracy Dennis-Tawari, who's an NIH-funded scientist, along with my experience in, in consumer products, but comes together and... Yeah, I thought, I thought you were gonna say, combining uh, Dr. Dennis-Tawari's experience with yours playing Candy Crush, but obviously you've got deep business development experience. Yeah, b- business development and consumer products. You know, yeah, I did spend yeah. About 10 years in the television industry. Okay, okay. Before all this, so. <laughs> I want to hear exactly, a, I want to hear about the games themselves, because anyone yeah. watching this is going gonna, is gonna to say, oh, wait, how can, a, 
how can a mobile game be something that a doctor prescribes and, yeah. help, and helps me? So break it down. Yeah, so um, you know, our games are embedded with a certain type of cognitive retraining uh, technology uh, that's called attention bias modification training. Okay. And it really has to do with faces because we can perceive faces even faces. when you're a baby. You, you know whether your mother is smiling or not, huh. right? So we use facial archetypes in order to retrain your attention away from negative stimuli towards positive. So you can almost train away from anger towards joy huh. using this technique by repeatedly driving attention um, towards the positive faces. Uh, and that's all you know, wrapped within a game, so you really don't even know you're doing it. Okay. And so, um, What's the gameplay like, just yeah, as, a, so as the, a So the gameplay is, um, yeah, it's a space game, yeah. uh, our game uh, Star Starter RX, uh, which is uh, you're saving a planet, uh, which has been disturbed by a negative force. And uh, the way you do that is by kind of moving a ship by flicking it across a game board to collect star energy, which lights up stars in the constellation, lights your path to the planet, and you know, you save the planet, you save the universe uh, over 30 days. So uh, you can almost think about it like an active meditation, okay. where you're just, you're, you're taking, you know, 12 minutes in a day, and you're playing the game, and uh, you play the game four days a week for 30 days, and through our uh, FDA pilot trial, which we completed uh, at the end of the first quarter, we were able to, after the 30-day treatment, 68% of the test patients dropped a full severity level in their social anxiety scores. Really? 38% um, dropped to subclinical levels, and overall, 90% of patients uh, had reductions in symptom severity of an average of 33%. Because they were retraining their brain to choose the positive? So sort of break yeah, it down essentially, a like, level. you know, this is about something called threat bias. Interesting. And this is a natural so propensity we have subconsciously to take in uh, more negative information than may exist in a situation. Huh. So we look towards the threat. And so by playing the game, we're essentially shifting your bias mm. back to neutral so that you see the world as it is and you see the positive paths that there are for you. What it does, you know, biologically is you're actually just reducing the impact of things that might cause anxiety for you. Interesting. Um, and so we do that over a 30-day period. Fascinating. Yeah. Now, because we've met before and I've written about uh, your company, I've gotten to read about uh, bias modification. Yeah. Interesting. Attention bias Attention modification. Bias yeah. modification and fascinating sort of scientific background. But uh, there's a part of my brain that's thinking about the viewer who's, who's thinking about mobile games and thinking sure. about the way that they train the brain in negative ways. So yeah. I wonder if you can comment on people's fears of you know, training, a, training your brain towards shorter attention span, dopamine hits, all this sort of the negative side. Yeah, so I would probably defer that question to the scientist on my team. Yeah. Uh, but what I will say is that um, you know, we're very conscious of getting people off of screens. Yeah. Uh, and so there's actually a 12 minute time limit. Got it, interesting. And you can only play the game once a day. Got it, uh, okay. And this four days a week. You can't overplay the game. Okay. Uh, and so you, know, you can only pause for four minutes when you play. So you're really meant to sit down, play the game, then get back out in the world and you know, kind of enjoy your life and get into real social situations. So part That's, of digital therapeutics yeah. is to limit the digital side. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't, there's no replacement for human connection, yeah. right? So we want to emphasize that. But 
you know, we can help people to be more open to that human connection. And that's, that's really what excites us. As well, a it's company. clearly resonating because yeah. you recently got, what, 3.8 million from the National Institute yeah. of Mental Health? Yeah, it's the first time that a software company has received this type of grant, which is an R01 grant, which we um, were able to get um, in, in partnership with our colleagues at UT Austin. That's awesome. Um, and that is specifically to fund the clinical trial for our upcoming depression product, okay. uh, which will be which will come following our anxiety. That's a product. new game. That's a new game. A new game uh, okay. with slightly different uh, algorithms around the training mechanism uh, that is optimized for depression. Although even with the anxiety product, we were able to move depression uh, endpoints uh, measured by the Beck's depression inventory. Uh, and so, uh, so, but this product, this new product, will be specifically optimized for depression. So we're really excited because we could conceivably in a very short period of time uh, have two products FDA cleared wow. for anxiety and depression, which are the largest um, prevalence for mental health conditions. Talk to me about the importance of lowering the barriers to care. You think about people with you yeah. know, mild or new anxiety and depression and what it takes to really get somebody in front of a professional. So Yeah, well, huge, I mean, this is one of the largest barriers today um, to getting people treatment is the lack of providers. Uh, and so, you know, that's one, you know, big part of it. Before you second, even start talking yeah, about the stigma. Yeah, before, yeah. well, before the, the stigma or the desire for self-care, right? That's right? Like 50% of people who are diagnosed with a mental health condition actually won't even seek treatment. Mm. And so if you think about that, there's a huge gap in yeah. the marketplace uh, to give people tools that are clinically validated, that they can use on their own time, yeah. that really align with self-care and, to your point, are low stigma, and, and that's really where we're targeting. Um, although we, we certainly can be used in combination with yeah. CBT type programs because we're not conflicting with some, what, what a provider may be trying to do with CBT because we're a subconscious cognitive training mechanism. Yeah. So it can be complementary as well, but really we think there's a huge opportunity, even as you look at primary care, uh, to get to people earlier yeah. with a low stigma treatment before they even, you know, or while they're kind of waiting it's to be It's something you can just yeah. try, right? You can hey, just try. Yeah, give this a shot. And, and we're getting, I mean, amazing results. You know, the emails that come into our site are now starting to come from the spouses really? of the people who are using it. Like, give you know, an I example. had an email came in the other day where uh, a man was saying that his wife was smiling so much he thought it could help him. Uh, and so you think about what it takes wow. for from a, a simple, pretty simple game. From you know, yeah, yeah. the game simple having, interface, having simple, impact. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But but there's this like layer, this science-based layer beneath it. It's really kind of it's really quite amazing. Last question: Do you feel yeah. like this uh, that you said the grant from the the NIMH yeah. was the first such to a software company? Do you see a sea change happening? Like more of a desire to see. Um, digital therapeutics and game-based therapies uh, get funded? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, you know, I mean, you may know that there's there's legislation moving through Congress right now, the, the um, Access to Digital Prescription Digital Therapeutics okay. Act, uh, which is getting a lot, a lot of support, bipartisan support. Uh, and I think, and there's certainly a recognition that we have to have new tools available. We have to have tools that don't require, you know, as much human intervention to solve this massive mental health challenge that we have today. Yeah, yeah. And so that will include software-based therapeutics that are validated and easily integrated into healthcare protocols today. So, you know, definitely um, the funding side with grant funding is, is fantastic to be able to support the clinical trial um, 
process for, for products like this, but also you know legislation. Uh, so certainly contact your representatives out there yeah. uh, to support this yeah. uh, access to PDT Act uh, that uh, groups like the DTA are, have been supporting uh, because that's really what it's going to take to allow reimbursement to follow um, the availability of these, these treatments. Very well. nice, very yeah. nice. Raj, it's exciting progress. I really love Thank what you. you're doing. Appreciate it's that. It's fascinating to have a science-based gaming studio, and I think the sky's the limit. So keep up the good work. Thank you. All right, take care. That was Raj Amin from Arcade Therapeutics. Next up, we'll hear my conversation with Farhana Ahmadi, co-founder of Eddy. Their platform is gamifying care for type 1 diabetes with an eye towards helping young people manage the disease better. Farhana, great to see you. Uh, lovely to see you as well. It's a pleasure to be here. It has been interesting to learn about your journey, learn how you have built this app that helps folks with type 1 diabetes. I understand it really came out of a personal journey, uh, like so many founders in healthcare. I wonder if you can share a bit of that. Um, yes, so as you know, I live with T1D myself. I've been living with it for over 10 years now. Um, so it was a, definitely a very personal journey to me. It was actually at a very cr critical time when I was diagnosed. It was the first year of my PhD. Um, I had so much going on, but I wasn't feeling great. Um, and I had to deal with a lot. Um, and um, I felt lonely a lot of the times uh, when dealing with a lot of aspects of, uh, of my type 1 diabetes. Um, and I always wished that there were um, a character that I could talk to, uh, mm. something that would bring a little more delight into the day, mm. um, and that is how the character Eddie and later on the company was formed. Okay, so uh, a character that brings a bit of delight, a bit of levity, so describe what that is in the app. Absolutely, so um, on the outside, Eddie is a leaf, uh, a character, um, it's very child-friendly, um, yet it's a very smart character. It responds to real-time glucose data, Okay. Right now, we get that from Dexcom, and uh, um, it's very dynamic, and over time, it gets to know the user better. Um, it asks the user how they're feeling multiple times a day. Okay. Uh, it links uh, their blood sugar to how they're feeling. Um, for example, it tries to identify whether that is because of their blood sugar or not, and we've built in so many other smart, smart features into the app. Uh, whether it's a chatbot, Eddie uh, talks to the user, tells them stories, plays games with them. Okay. Um, and that way we make it more relatable and more enjoyable to manage your diabetes. You're primarily targeting uh, children, adolescents, or is, or is, the, or is this for anybody? Uh, we primarily target uh, children and their families. However, half of our users are currently adults. Mm -hmm. um, we are very excited, uh, yet surprised by that, and we are um, looking to see whether we can launch a product for the adult population as well. It doesn't shock me, you know, everybody wants something to be friendly and, and fun. Uh, we are all big kids, right? Yeah. We, want to, uh, we want to play around and have fun all the time. Yeah. What are some of the specific features uh, that you're excited to share with, with patients? Um, so, in addition to the gamification, we actually offer user, users real-life rewards, which we have okay. coming very soon. So if you're into like playing what? games, um, Roblox or Minecraft gift cards, uh, you can win those on the Eddy platform, even Amazon gift cards. We will very soon be um, be offering those. Um, in addition to that, our chatbot uh, will be launched um, in a few months, 
And most importantly, we have our virtual care. Um, so that will provide the families with the support they need in case they would like to speak to a pediatric endocrinologist or a nurse practitioner on our platform nice. um, that will allow them to do it with a click of a button. A platform that emphasizes this avatar that you can talk to, it really makes me think about advances in conversational AI and the way that we're starting to be, uh, we're, going, we're expecting a certain type of conversation and it's becoming very normalized to, to have this sort of uh, fluid, natural language conversation. How are the advances in you know, generative conversational AI um, sort of propelling your industry and what you're doing? Absolutely, so we're working into, uh, we are working on incorporating generative AI into Eddie's responses, mm -hmm. uh, but we have our own decision-making trees as well. Uh, we are using both, and in addition to that, we are using predictive analytics and pattern recognition from all the glucose data and the lifestyle data that we get from the patient all in one place. Um, so the users will have a very enjoyable yet informative time nice. chatting to Eddie. Nice. Let's talk about traction, kind of how the market has responded. You all already mentioned that you're tied in with Dexcom, so you've got some good partnerships already going um, through the Dexcom like CGM, I'm guessing? Correct. Um, other partnerships, other recent traction? Uh, we are in conversation with uh, multiple CGM and insulin pump companies, okay. um, also gaming companies. Uh, we oh, now okay. are um, licensed to distribute Roblox gift cards, for example, that we are very excited about. Um, and so we are, we're continuing those conversations. Ultimately, we'd like to have as many integrations on our platform as possible. Okay, okay. And uh, what are you most excited about? What's coming next in the next maybe three to six months? We are launching in Texas next week. Okay. Uh, we are very what, what excited that, about that. What does that, that mean exactly, launching uh, in Texas? That means that uh, uh, People who live in Texas, families who live in Texas, can now download the app and use it. Okay. Uh, everyone outside of Oklahoma and Texas uh, will be able to sign up to our waitlist, and we will give them access uh, through the our air, through our early access program. And uh, so we're very excited about that. Um, and in addition to that, we are also launching all of our new features and soon to be expanding nationwide. Very nice. Oklahoma then Texas. Are you taking a regional approach? Is that where the company is located? What's the uh What's the idea there? Um, we we have some operations set up in Oklahoma, but really the main reason for us uh, focusing on these states is the rural population, their access to pediatric endocrinologists, and the, the care need, that we can provide the them. The need is high. Virtual care, exactly. Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, Farhana, I appreciate the update. It's exciting to see that you're uh, already achieving this traction. Uh, you know, you're a member of our uh, you know T1D broader community. Uh, and it's it's been great to see that collaboration and see that you know shared resources. So um, it's been exciting to see your progress. Uh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. Keep up the great work. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Startup Health Now. We'll be back again with another episode next week. 